Amen. What a wonderful service. The Lord's already blessed us with this morning, and we just hope that that will continue as we look into the Word of God. And ask you to open your Bibles to the book of Exodus once again, to chapter 25. Exodus 25. And we will read this morning and consider some of all of the chapter, but mainly we want to look at verses 1 through 9. The title of the message this morning is The Pattern of Redemption. The Pattern of Redemption. Hear the word of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, ye shall take my offering. And this is the offering which ye shall take of them, gold and silver and brass and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and ram skins dyed red and badger skins, and shittim wood, oil for the light, spices for anointing oil, and for sweet incense, onyx stones, and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them, according to all that I show thee, after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall ye make it. And the people said, Amen. This is something incredibly new that God was going to do in the world. Never before in the history of mankind, up until this point, had there been a place that God would design and give to men where they could come and approach God and worship Him in a place where God said that He would dwell upon the earth. This is a powerful moment, isn't it? Not since the garden. Remember in the Garden of Eden. It was a type of tabernacle where God did come down. And it says that He had fellowship with Adam and Eve. And He walked with them in the cool of the day. But they lost that. When they fell in the garden and they were cast out in that great flaming sword. Uh, barred. Uh, the entry. But now, over the centuries that have passed, God had determined that I'm going to dwell and that, that, I, that my delight is going to be with the sons of men. And He was going to give them a sanctuary and a place where they could come and approach and worship unto God and, and hear from Him. What a wonderful moment this was. You know, it's amazing when you consider that the topic of the tabernacle that it uh, takes up more of the scripture than any other single topic in the bible so we know how important that that it is it was going to uh, represent and be a typology and a shadow of so many things that was to come but not just of things to come right because it was a shadow of heavenly things god was revealing to them Part of what heaven was like and what was in heaven 
uh, as well. So this is a, a glorious thing. You know, it, it's amazing really to think about that it took only two chapters for the Holy Spirit to describe the creation of the universe, right? But from chapter 25 to the book of Exodus, we have the description of the tabernacle. But one was just the abode of man, right? But this is the abode of God Himself. And so the things that uh, we will be studying about uh, uh, through the rest of this year are all going to be all kind of things uh, pertaining to the tabernacle, we're just going to kind of just break it open, kind of an introduction uh, to this uh, great uh, subject and event that uh, God is delivering to His people through His mediator Moses. He's He's kind of taking us up into the mount, and Moses was there forty days and forty nights. What what an amazing a thing that that was for a man to to speak with God. And, and uh, Moses, the meekest man on earth, and, and to be there that long with God and all these glorious things God revealed to him. And Moses was, was so careful uh, because God said, and, and you notice that, and that's where we took the title, that, that he said, I'm giving you a pattern. And it's very important that you make these things exactly the way that I'm describing to you, that I'm, the blueprint that I'm uh, giving to you, this was so important to the Lord. And it ought to be important to us as well because the New Testament church has also been given to us as a pattern for us to be very careful to, to follow after. And so the first thing that we want to do is just look at different scriptures that, that talk about this idea of a pattern. Uh, raise your hand, dear sisters, that have ever tried to sew anything before, right? All right, any brothers have tried to sew anything? Mama, my brother, hey, all right, brothers, I see you out there. We're not ashamed, right? We've, we've been at the needle and thread. Well, whenever you want to make a dress, usually you would uh, buy a pattern. The pattern would come, and you would lay it out on the fabric. And it's very important that you cut the material exactly the way uh, that the pattern was so that everything would fit together, that you would produce something that people could wear that would, would actually uh, be right. And so it was true with the tabernacle and it's true with the church. And isn't the Lord Jesus Christ himself who this is all a picture of, right? It's a great picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the key to understanding the tabernacle. And you know, all the world didn't have the tabernacle, only the people of God. And isn't it a great joy for those that could go to the one door that was there and look within and even come inside. And so it is for you and me today as well through the illumination of the Holy Spirit you and I also are able to stand at that door. And God has bid us come and look at heavenly things. Look at things that we're even going to see in a greater way. The fullness of it even one day in the future. I'm delighting to look at that. If you read the book of Revelation and studied as we did with Brother Jeff, John the Apostle said he saw these things uh, in heaven as well and, and described them so this is something that is just really wonderful. But that we seek uh, all that is within us is. And that's why we say 
in our articles of faith that the Bible is our only rule of faith and practice, that we want to conform our lives to thus saith the Word of God and to follow the pattern of the life of the Lord Jesus Christ and the pattern of that first century Christianity as well. They didn't, God just didn't say, hey, I want y'all to build a tabernacle. Just make it any way that you think you, it should be. What a mess that they would have made of it, right? And man has kind of done that with the church as well. In our day, modern religion has gone so far away from the scriptural pattern and mandates that we have. And I'm, I'm glad to be among a people that have, have strived. I, I, don't, I wouldn't say that it's perfect among us, but we have striven. We have, we have strove to stay as close as we could, as we could understand, to that pattern that was given. And that's something that is the reason that it should be important to us. Brother Andy, don't you agree with this? It's because it was important to God. If it's important to God, it should be important to us. So let's just look at a few scriptures. Let's go to the book of Ezekiel. Turn with me there in that great major prophet, the book of Ezekiel, where so much of the book of Ezekiel surrounds that that would come after the tabernacle, that that would be fashioned after the tabernacle, which would be of the temple and a lot of the same things that that we'll be looking at throughout the rest of Exodus are also described in the book of Ezekiel. But here in Ezekiel chapter 43, let's just look at the language here. He said, I'm giving you something and and you're going to give this offering. You're going to give it freely out of your heart to make something And that's going to be the center of your lives where I'm going to dwell and you're going to worship me. And I want you to make it exactly the way that I showed you that it should be made. Ezekiel chapter 43 and verse 10. Thou son of man, show the house to the house of Israel that they may be ashamed of their iniquities And let them what? Measure the pattern. See, it was very easy. And it's very easy for us to want to go our own way, right? We're that generation. We're that, that, those generations that have decided, uh, hey, man is the measure of all things. We're, uh, the pattern should be the way that I should think it, the way that I think it should be. I can worship God whatever way that I see fit, that I see best. I'll make the church how I want it to be. Oh, beloved, but it it is not so. And here in the book of Ezekiel, you know, that whole book is about the glory of the Lord departing from the temple and leaving uh, the family and the people of God, the glory of God, that, that it was Ichabod. You know, the glory was departing. May it never be so for us. And part of the reason was is because they had left the pattern. They had forgotten. And God said, let them see and be ashamed of how they have left that. And so just think about that for your life. You're trying to follow the pattern of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. And as an assembly, we're trying to uh, imitate that first century Christianity and that that the Lord Jesus instituted in the world and 
and uh, gave to the apostles and for us to keep until he has come again. Let's go to 1 Chronicles as well for some similar language here. 1 Chronicles. And we're going to go to chapter 28 for this same language here. This language of the pattern. And then we'll go to a couple in the New Testament. Here we go, 1 Chronicles 28. And again, this is about the, the temple as well. And we forget about this. Sometimes we think maybe that the temple was just something that David and Solomon just kind of came up with on their own. But it's not so as the Holy Scripture declares to us. 1 Chronicles 28, are you there? And let's look at verse 12. And the pattern, and the pattern of all that he had, listen, by the Spirit of the courts of the house of the Lord and of all the chambers round about, of the treasuries of the house of God and of the treasuries of the dedicated things. Also for the courses of the priests and of the Levites and for all the work of the service of the house of the Lord and for all the vessels of service in the house of the Lord. These things came to David and to Solomon by the Spirit of the Lord and they followed the pattern that God had given to them. Hallelujah. Let's go now to the New Testament. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. <clears throat> this is the Apostle Paul because the, the tabernacle, it, is, it shows a pattern of our redemption. It, it shows a beautiful picture of Christ in the church. And then it, and it shows the pattern of the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. So many things. And the Apostle Paul also mentions here that the way in which he was converted and brought to faith in Christ is also a great pattern as well that God would use. He says that Jesus came in the world to save sinners of whom he was chief. Then verse 16, How be it for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on Him to life everlasting. And so, beloved, when people in this community, when they look at Providence Primitive Baptist Church, they shouldn't see a sanctuary or a building that was made by our cunning or by our hands or from cut stones. Remember the altar that we have already seen, that first altar that was built it was not made with stones, or, but it was, it was put together with earthen work right after He gave the, the Ten Commandments. You remember that. And it was by God's design as well according to His commandment and pattern. They should see a, a people. They should see a church and a body that reflects the pattern of what they read about in the New Testament church. When they look at our lives... We, they should see a semblance of the pattern of the life, of the heart, of the words, of the actions of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you say amen to that? Amen. And we should strive, Lord, let me, let me be like that great pattern that you have given 
And so that people also, because the Apostle Paul said, I want you to be followers of me. You can pattern your life after me as I pattern my life after the Lord Jesus Christ. The many now doing what the one did. Then our last one, and then we'll dive into uh, Exodus 25. The last one, Titus chapter 2 and verse 7. We have this language again. And, and this uh, flows throughout the Word of God. Here's to the young men. If you're a young man here, what, what a great challenge that this is to us. Paul says in another place that we should be an example. Uh, let no man despise thy youth, right? But be thou an example to all the believers of, of faith, of, of purity, of all these things, of, a pattern, an example, a good example. Here it says, verse 6, Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded, to be, to be serious in all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works in doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity. And he goes on, he says, I need some living billboards and examples of what it means to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, may the Lord stir up our hearts today. May, may we, if we look into our lives and, and see if any way that we are getting off of the pattern that God has set forth for, for, forth for us as ministers or as servants or in worship or in, or in doctrine or as husbands and wives or, or raising children or whatever that it is that God has called us to do in our lives. Lord, help me to govern my life according to your pattern, according to your word, according to what your spirit has showed and revealed to us is the very best because I believe that our Father knows best. And I believe that you do too. So, the pattern, in this amazing, the whole pattern begins with this willing offering. Did you notice that? Before anything is said about how tall to make the curtains or where to put the what kind of stones to put in the ephod or to what to make anything out of that this that is the pattern of redemption the pattern of the church that it begins with an offering with a free will offering it begins with giving and doesn't isn't that where redemption begins God set the example. God set the pattern when it says, For God so loved the world that He what? That He gave. Oh, hallelujah, that we serve a benevolent God, that we serve a God that loves to give good gifts to His children. And oh, there would be no redemption. There would be no church. There would be no salvation. Oh, a God that can ask us to give, of course, because we can never outgive Him, because He's given the greatest of all. He gave His only begotten Son. And whosoever believeth on Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, what a giving God that we read in Revelation chapter 13, verse 8, that there was a Lamb that as it were was what? Slain before what? 
the foundation of the world. This great gift of Christ for the pattern of redemption. God set the standard in giving His Son. And we see two great truths that are set forth here in the beginning of chapter 25 as God says, I'm going to let you make a sanctuary and I'm going to dwell among you and you're going to make it after this great pattern. There's two great truths that we see here that I want you to rejoice in that the Apostle Paul rejoiced in and it's the message of the gospel today even that we serve a God and we worship a God today that is willing to save sinners. Hallelujah. He is willing to save you. He was willing to save me. Oh, beloved, He was willing to save Israel. He heard their cries and their groanings and He saved them out of Egypt. He put the blood of the Passover lamb and passed them over and now is leading them to the promised land. He has given them this law and now He says in salvation, I'm going to come and dwell in your very midst. I'm going to make you and your heart My dwelling place. My sanctuary. We love to sing that song, don't we? Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Pure and holy. Tried and true. With thanksgiving. Let me be a living sanctuary. That's tabernacle. Unto you. This pattern begins With a willing offering. And God sets the standard. He sets the pattern for giving. What did God give? Did God just give an angel? Did did God just say, well, I don't really need all of this in heaven that's here. So I'll just give this that I don't really need or or what's left over uh, so that man can be redeemed. No, we're not redeemed with corruptible things. Like silver and, and gold. And neither could the blood of all these animals ever take away one sin. But God gave His Son. And the Son gave His blood. We're redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. And it cries out from the mercy seat. God's willing to save a sinner that desires salvation. That looks in and sees Immediately through that one door that was viewed into the courts and the first thing that stares that brazen altar where sacrifice had to be made for sin. An offering had to be made before you could go any further. Amen. Right when you come in and that's why the first thing the, the sinner has to realize they're a sinner. That a, but hallelujah that an offering has been made and that the door of salvation is open and that there's a God that will meet you there. Beloved, that is willing to save. I rejoice in that today. That, that's a message in and of itself. Are you glad that God was willing to save you, Brother Robert? When you felt the weight of your sin, when you realized how unclean you were and Unholy in that you had no righteousness of your own to merit any good thing. But you found Jesus with His 
nail-scarred hands that lamb slain from the foundation of the world and he died for you and your sin rolled away and God said come come and be cleansed come and offer prayers come and feed at my table come and be at my mercy seat and be in my glory hallelujah right one great truth here we see this great truth that God is willing to save but then also the also the other great side that is something that we have and rejoice in that a lot of people don't get to enjoy the truth of like they should and that it is this that not only do we have a God that is willing to save but God makes his people willing to be saved hallelujah for God is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance he's talking about all the elect family of God whosoever will and the elect family of God are the same people beloved the sheep his children all those things are synonymous so we see the irresistible grace and the effectual call of God here as he gives us this great pattern of of the sanctuary I love Psalm 110 and verse 3 but my people shall be willing in the day of my power God is going to call upon them now he's going to do something wonderful in their lives and something wonderful for them but where did they get all this brother Andy where did they get this that they were going to give this that they were going to give freely from their hearts did they have it as slaves when they were in bondage is it, is it something that came for for them that they had squirreled away no remember when they that night when they left Egypt they spoiled Egypt didn't they they borrowed from the Egyptians all these things now that God is going to say that which you were freely given. Now freely give it back so that the sanctuary can be built. Everything that was necessary was given from God and was given back to God. Do you not see the beauty of the pattern of our redemption in that as well? For what can we bring, Jesus? What can we offer to God for the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing. It's grace. It's mercy. It's freely given. And everything that we have that we ever gave back to God. What, what do we give that we have that is not already being given to us? Amen. And so isn't this beautiful that, that we see this. And, and it's so beautiful to me here that as you see them begin to do all of this work in such a beautiful picture of the church because everybody had a part. Everybody had something to give. Uh, the women worked on the, on the curtains. They, they worked on the clothes of, that the priests would wear. Men that, that knew how to work uh, beat out the, uh, uh, the things that, that God designed. And it was just beautiful. I'm sure even the children Worked and labored and they all did it together. Isn't that a beautiful picture of the church? Isn't it beautiful, beloved? And God was bringing out of them what he had already placed inside of them and given to them. Oh, hallelujah. The pattern begins with 
a willing offering. We we kind of uh, we we're not uh, keyed in right here, but you've got to turn to this Exodus uh, thirty six because you've got to see this. Because you remember we we're pretty hard uh, on this generation uh, because of remember when it was time for them to go into Canaan's land, they balked. Remember it was it was their Achilles heel that at the cusp of entering into what had been promised. They balked, and we see the beginnings of it as they complained and murmured in the wilderness. And you could kind of just see it it coming that they did always err in their heart, like we read in Psalm 95, right? And they didn't enter into the rest. But in this command from God, beloved, they excelled almost every generation. Because do y'all remember what happened? Moses told them, God wants you to give these things for the tabernacle to be built in your midst. So if you've turned with me to Exodus 36, uh, we see this actually uh, beginning to take place. This is just really cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start our reading in uh, verse, verse 1. I'm just going to go ahead and tell y'all that uh, I'm not going to finish this message today. So don't, don't panic if I'm still just on point number one. I'm probably just going to have two points today. So put yourself at ease. Don't, don't panic. Let's just enjoy this. Let's just milk it for everything that it's worth, right? Chapter 36, Then wrought Bezalel and Aholiab and every wise-hearted man, here's the men, in whom the Lord, Put wisdom and understanding to know how to work all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary according to all that the Lord had commanded. So, isn't this amazing? Not only just the stuff that they needed to do the work God had already given them and they returned it to the Lord, but the skill, the wisdom, the ability to do the work and to complete and follow the pattern, God had put that in them as well, in their midst. And not only had He given it to them, but He stirred up their hearts to want to do it. Did anybody have to drag you kicking and screaming to church today, is the question. Or did you wake up and you said, Oh, oh, happy day. Happy day I get to go and be in Jesus' house today. With Him and with His people, the doors will be open to me again. And the day of salvation is here. And we'll sing the songs of Zion. And we'll offer sacrifices. And I'll offer myself and my body a living sacrifice to God, which is my reasonable service. Oh, hallelujah. And I will give... Of my sustenance, I will give of the first fruits of my life to God and to His kingdom. He will come first. And there's no sacrifice too great. There's no service too small for Jesus. Here He called upon Him. And Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab. Not sure I'm getting those names right. I'm just giving it my best shot. And every wise-hearted man in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom. Listen to this. Even everyone whose heart stirred him up to come and to the work to do it. Here is this 
God said, I don't want you to serve me out of just um, servile fear. I don't want you to serve me because you'll get something from it. But I want you to come to this place. I, I want you to serve Jesus because it's the beating of your born-again heart to do so. I can't do anything else. Wild horses couldn't drag me away from my King and my God and His church. Is your heart stirred up today is my question. Oh, then pray, Lord. Stir up my heart to give, to offer as you have, Lord. Let me follow your pattern, the great pattern of redemption. And they received of Moses all the offering. This is what we're reading about in 25. Here's it coming to fruition. Which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of the sanctuary to make it with all. I love that, to make it with all. They, they wanted to, to get it finished. I appreciate that. I, I hate to see things halfway done, right? Uh, um, that's just kind of my nature that I want to see things done. And that's why I love so much about what we preach about the Lord Jesus Christ because Brother Andy, when he died upon the cross, he didn't say, I've done my part. Now you do yours. No, test the lest I. It is finished. He did it with all, didn't he? And that's the great pattern of it. Oh, beloved, we don't want to leave any stone unturned. Anything left undone that we can do for Jesus throughout our lives and our days till He calls us home or He comes again. And they brought yet unto Him free offerings. Listen to this. Every morning. Don't you love that? Sister Haley says she loves the morning time. That's when she walks with Jesus. Don't say, oh, I served God yesterday. Or I made a big sacrifice last year. Now, now, it's, now it's some me time. You know, or, or let other people in the church do it. I've been doing it for so long. Never have that heart. Believe like Isaiah as he stood before the glory of the Lord. And he said, here am I. Send me. Use me, Lord. Use me. Take all that is within me. All that is within me. All that I am, Lord. It's yours. It's yours. Every morning, every day, of every week, of every month, of every year. And all the wise men that wrought all the work of the sanctuary came every man from his work which they made. And listen to this. And they spake unto Moses saying, The people, listen to this, bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded to make. Brother Kevin, wouldn't you like to just stay up, stand up in members meeting before you die and just make this announcement? Providence, y'all got to quit giving so much. We, we've got so much money. We, we got so much that, that I, we can't even figure out what to do with it all. Anybody ever heard that made, uh, statement made in a church in their lifetime? <laughs> No, but I tell you, haven't we all seen some incredible sacrificial giving here at this place? Here at this place and, and in our lives, we, we've seen it. 
Oh, man, every time I go up to Camp Moriah and I see that, I call it the miracle cabin, <laughs> how that, that God opened up his people's hearts to give and, and to do that work. And when I go to Africa and I see the, all these people that just didn't have anywhere to worship God, they had to be under trees. They, they couldn't go to church when, when it rained. And now, through the love and the giving of God's people, they well, you saw in the videos last time what God's been able to do for them through His people's willing heart. And I just love this so much. Now, this generation, you know, Brother Eddie, they get knocked all the time, and they, they messed up really bad. But, hey, let's call it spade a spade. Here, they shined, didn't they? They shined. Oh, hallelujah. And he said, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded to make. And Moses gave commandment and caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman, there it is, that combination of them working together, let every, neither man nor woman, make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing, for the stuff that they had was sufficient for all the work to make it and too much. And oh, beloved, doesn't that stir your heart about what Jesus has done for us? You know, it's not that the atonement is limited. It's that it's sufficient. Can I get an amen? amen. It's sufficient for its purpose. It's sufficient for its purpose. It was enough. And it got it all done. And more than enough. Oh, may, may it be that way in, in our lives. Everyone had a part. And so the application here today, is, as we'll move on to our next point, the application is that we can't afford a cheap religion. Right? We can't afford to serve God cheaply. I remember what King David said. He said, I will, I will not serve the Lord in a way, I'm paraphrasing, but y'all know what I'm talking about, that it would cost me nothing. The man that said, I'll just give this to you. And David said, no, I want to pay even more than it's worth because it means that much to me. What a great example. And so we hear the Apostle Paul, you can jot down Romans 12, 1. We've already alluded to it. You all know it, right? We beseech thee, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Hallelujah. So isn't it wonderful that this whole thing began, the the tabernacle, the the pattern of, of our redemption, it began at an offering, and a willing offering. I ask you, did Jesus offer Himself willingly? Yes. Did any man take His life from Him? No. no, but He laid it down, right? Though He was rich, yet for our sakes, He became poor, that we through His poverty might be made rich. God gave His Son willingly for us. May we also give our lives and the first fruits of our lives willingly to Him. Secondly, the purpose and pattern of this was to prepare a place for God. And may I say today, I have four points. 
But this will be lastly today. This will be lastly. The purpose of the pattern was to prepare a place for God. The pattern does begin with the willing offering. But God said there's a, willing, there's a reason for this sacrifice. There's a reason why I'm giving you this opportunity to give back to me. And it's so that God might give back to us yet even more, Drew. He said, when you give these things to me, I'm going to give you something more wonderful than any generation has ever had since the Garden of Eden, since your parents, Adam and Eve. They've never had a place where I was going to come and I was going to dwell and where a sinner could approach before God again. Isn't that beautiful? God said, you're making a place for me. You're preparing a tabernacle, a sanctuary, he called it, for me. Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Isn't this awesome that God has purposed to dwell with us? Isn't that wonderful? Now, we want to dwell with God. Can I get an amen? And there's no wonder that we who are so poverty bound, we who are so finite and weak, it's no wonder that we would want to dwell with God. But I ask you, is it a wonder that He would want to dwell with us? But the Bible says, when it talks about the Lord Jesus Christ, it said that He tabernacled. He tabernacled with us. Emmanuel, what does it mean? God with us. He said, I'm, I'm getting this offering from you so that you can prepare this place. Sounds a lot like what Jesus said. I'm, I'm going away. I'm going to prepare a place for you, right? But here God is saying, you're preparing a place for me. And I just love what it what they said in, in Chronicles, because they realized the magnitude of this as they constructed the temple. And a lot of this is going to overlay between the tabernacle and the, and, the, and the temple because they are types and shadows of the same thing. But, beloved, it's also in different ways. And I look forward to unpacking that for you because... It's so, it's so glorious. And I just ask you to pray as we go through these messages that you'll just say, Lord, open my eyes to see the glory and the beauties of all these things. Just teach me, Lord, the deepness that is in your wisdom and, and your providences and what you have declared in Scriptures. Remember what Brother Andy preached last week? about the things that were written aforetime, that were written for our what? For our learning, that we through patience and the comfort of Scriptures might have hope. This topic, more Scripture is dedicated to, to it than any other topic. And I love that they realized the magnitude of this in Second Chronicles chapter 2, verse 6. This will be the last Scripture that we go to today. Verse 5, And the house which I build is great. Never have a low view of the church, beloved. For great is our God above all gods. We talked about that Wednesday night, didn't we? We serve a great God, a great King. That's above all. There it is again. 
But they realized the magnitude of it. But who is able to build him and house? Seeing the heaven of heaven of heavens cannot contain him. Who am I then that I should build him a house save only to burn sacrifice before him? This tabernacle, beloved, if you looked at the way that Israel camped, how many tribes were there, Zadon? Twelve. Right. And each camp, each family had a certain place where they were supposed to camp. In order. God gave them that design. So there were three and three and four and four. Does that make 12? <laughs> no. Yeah, thank you, Brother Andy. <laughs> thank you. Three and three and three and three. But do you know what was always in the very center of their camp and the center of their lives was the sanctuary? The sanctuary and God. So no wonder Jesus would say, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all things should be added unto you. No wonder that the church shouldn't just be some little add-on part of your life that you do maybe on Wednesday nights or Sundays. But you have a vision for the kingdom of God every day. Your, it, your life surrounds it. It's what it's about it would be the center of the camp. And this is something to me that was so beautiful because I'd never seen this before and I never heard it preached my whole life. And I owe this to A.W. Pink. That, like I told y'all, there was one door. There was one door in which you could look into the sanctuary and you could see the brazen altar and, and the laver. And what a journey. From grace to glory, that 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 I'll that I'll get to next time. I, I, I want to tell you about it right now, but I'm just going to wait to begin at that door. But the tribe that you had to go through to get into the door of the sanctuary was the tribe of Judah. Amen. Amen. We see the significance of that because Jesus came as the Lion. Of the tribe of Judah. Must go through Judah. To come into the church. Through Jesus. To enter in. Into the sanctuary. I think that's so beautiful. And so the center of the camp. Entered in through Judah. Through this one door. God said I, I'm giving you this pattern. To prepare a place for God. That, that there the sinner may come. And approach to God. To have a place of worship. A place of sacrifice. A place of forgiveness. And a place of glory was within this place. And I hope that you can feel this and that you've known this even today. Much more than the natural food that we'll receive in a, in a little bit in abundance that we appreciate. But it was inside the sanctuary and the tabernacle and the courts where the priestly Family of God was fed. Is this where you're fed? Is this where you're fed? In the sanctuary? Yes, yeah, where you're fed. Because you're kings and priests to God. And you have holy things to partake in.
and holy things to do in your course, in your role, in your life. You have some things to offer. You have some things to get and to give. And it's where, lastly, the law was preserved. This place, this pattern that was given as a place for God to dwell. Oh, beloved, there's just really no stopping place. We just, we're just going to just stop there. And, but just let your mind and your spirit run through the scriptures and, and the glory of that. Read about, uh, finish up chapter 25 because he mentions things that he goes into great detail later on that we'll look at the ark of God. The table of the shoe bread, uh, the candlestick. <laughs> These things are so glorious. I can't wait to share and, and, and even just to develop more just about. I didn't even get to the, the typology of the shadow of, of uh, what the tabernacle is, but more to come, more to come. To be continued, we shall thank you for your good attention. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Welcome to God's sanctuary.